Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody. This is Lori H. Schwartz, your Tech Cat, kicking off um, this week, this month's show with some new branding and a new focus on bringing you great leaders um, who are doing wonderful things out in the world, leveraging technology to enable what it is that they're doing. So really talking tech with the best out there. And so we're kicking off um, the new branding. I hope you guys like it. (laughs) If I fade away into purple, then we'll play with that. But I have the lovely Kim Cavallo. Let's have the big tech hat hand for Kim Cavallo. All right, Kim Cavallo, who is founder of Little Spaces and also is, would you say, the chairperson for the National Day of Unplugging? Is that No, I would call me the ambassador. The ambassador, okay, for the National Day of Unplugging. And what I wanted to talk to Kim about, and her name um, came back to me from some colleagues of mine, is really managing screen time right now. And this whole concept that we're all at home, we're all... um, you know, living kind of different lives right now. Um, Maybe it's only for a few more months. Maybe it's for the next year. We don't really know yet. But what we do know is ourselves and our families are spending a lot of time with devices, more than we ever have before. And we're so intertwined with screen right now in a way that we never have been. So all the rules for this life we're living are being rewritten. Um, But we still need to get it sort of under control in a way that's healthy. And so um, I wanted to talk to Kim, um, who has a lot of different initiatives going on that all circle around this idea about um, not letting this tech take over and using it in a healthy way that that benefits your life. So, um, Kim, tell us um, first about the company and some of those initiatives under that, and then we'll jump over to National Day of Unplugging. Great. Well, thank you so much, Laurie. I really, I enjoyed our conversation. Um, we bonded. Last week. Yeah, we really did. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I've been looking forward to this conversation as well. Um, uh, so Little Space, I started um, in 2017 and it really came out of my own, um, you know, stress and understanding that I just felt like my, my, my mobile device, my smartphone was chasing me. And that every time I went into, whether it was a yoga class or anything else, it just made me uh, really anxious that people were expecting me to respond right away to a text or, um, or I had some business that I needed to take care of. Um, and we can get into this a little later, but you know, the devices and the, and the applications, they are, about engagement. So they are uh, programmed and designed to hook us in. Um, And that's just part of uh, the business model, which is not evil. It's just part of what it is. So when we get, you know, checking our bank statement, and then all of a sudden, it's three hours later, and we've bought something on Amazon, and we've scrolled on Instagram, and it's it's not necessarily uh, our fault. Um, so the company that I started, I really wanted to see where I could add value. There's a lot of really great companies out there that help with life tech balance, but I have a background in nonprofit fundraising, um, and event planning. And so we started something, um, at little space called unplug for a cause. Um, and we use our time tracking app that's available on, uh, Apple and, uh, Android and uh, allow people to kind of count the minutes that they intentionally step away from technology and use those minutes to support causes that they care about. 
Oh, so um, great. Yeah. So great. And in addition, they can, they can earn some wellness rewards as well. We have some things like that. Um, but mostly we're centered around this idea of kind of the intersection of social impact and life tech balance. And I know you sent me a great fun package because a lot of what um, I talked to Kim about was, you know, I have a 10-year-old and I'm trying to figure out um, how do I manage her screen time? right now and what do I do about making sure that you know the distance learning she's on the screen a lot and she's become a better zoom expert than any of us <laughs> have become but um, how do I manage her screen time in a healthy way and I you sent me this great package and one of the things you sent me was the how to break up um, with your phone book which I haven't oh look at that that's kind of cool yeah it turns purple um, <laughs> these are in purple yeah well we're still working on the tech on the virtual backgrounds but um, but um, What's really fun about this book is it really gives you tactical ways to approach rolling this out in your life, um, which I think a lot of us right now need systems um, because one day is rolling into the other um, and we don't have the normal things that we would have to break up our day. We're not getting in our car. We're not um, going from one meeting physically to another. So you need sort of help and you really break things down um, very specifically. Yeah, that book is written by Catherine Price, um, and it, uh, we, we feature it in our little space time to unplug kit uh, that we sell on our website. That's what I sent you was kind of that box that was full of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have the other, the other things here. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the kit, because um, I, I loved all this stuff. It comes in a, um, a really nice box. Um, this has now turned into an unpacking video. <laughs> Um, but, but, um, but you have quite a few things here. So first of all, the, the book by your colleague, uh, Kathleen Price, is, again, is just a way to, to attack um, how to unplug um, in a way that makes sense, like a real approach to it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I love that she talks about in the book um, are, are uh, putting in and identifying for yourself speed bumps. So this idea that you you know, want to make it a little bit harder to get onto your devices. Um, You know, when we have all of our applications just on the ready for us, right on our home screen, we're constantly, you know, able to just tap right away. A lot of people, including Catherine Price, suggest that we um, delete the apps for social media on our phones so that we don't have the application for it that if you do want to check Instagram or Facebook, you have to go through your browser to do it. And that just adds a layer of speed bumps that makes it so that maybe you won't do it as often, um, you know, just trying to make it a little easier. It's, it's, it's the same. I mean, a lot of um, these conversations centered around the analogy of food yeah. Um, and this kind of, uh, you know, a, a well-balanced diet. Um, so you want to have a well-balanced diet with your interaction with your screens. Um, what, what is it, um, besides like sort of the conceptual understanding, why is it so bad that we're on screens so much? Like what, what is it doing to us as people? Well, so as you probably read in the book, there's a lot of research about kind of mental health and the... Um, you know, the decline in, in mental health. And while there hasn't been an exact direct correlation, they haven't been able to really point to it directly. Um, there w- has been a spike in anxiety and depression in 2012, which was around the same time that we all became super mobile. Um, so when mobile devices, when there was this uh, inability to kind of break from your technology in the past, 
you know, when maybe when, when you and I were teenagers, um, you know, we didn't necessarily, I, I didn't even have, uh, you know, a laptop or a computer when I was a teenager, but, um, you know, if there was something that was, um, bothering me at school, I got to come home and forget about it. But with, you know, the smartphones that follow us in our pockets or our purses or our backpacks, there's that constant tapping on your shoulder. Are you good enough? Did everybody like your photo? Um, have you been left out of a party that everyone's posting on? Right. Um, there's right. just all these things that are human. I mean, we've already the had them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The FOMO. Exactly. And, and it's all been there. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there were cave teenagers that were feeling left out that they weren't, you know, in the right, <laughs> in the right fire circle. But that's, that's our human nature. But what happened when all this technology became so mobile is that, you know, we couldn't get away from it. Um, and just like health, um, you know, conversations around food and fitness routines, um, you know, there's just balance. I mean, you, you want to be able to move away from it and put it down and, and make the healthy choices. Um, but the way that these, um, you know, applications are designed, you know, there's no, it's no accident that there's a bottomless scroll on, on Instagram or any of these applications. I mean, yeah. it just never ends. There's no stopping cue. There's no way to say like, okay, now that's over. That chapter's over. I don't, you know, I can put down the book. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think the reason why I know I can just speak for myself. The reason why it's hard, it's, not good for me to be on screens too much is because as much as it is a, a, a mechanism for connection, um, it's not real. Um, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's two dimensional. It's not, it's not, I can't really touch or feel the person that I'm talking to. Um, and then it even goes a layer deeper because if I'm just texting, I certainly there's a level of anonymity to it where I can say things that I wouldn't say necessarily to someone's face. Right. Right. Um, and so I think those are just in, in, inappropriate know. things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we, text you know. brings a whole layer of uh, watch what you're texting, like sit on that text and don't send it the same way that we used to write letters. Yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Um, I've definitely learned not to hit send, you know. Right, right. Or you have people talked about kind of like having this folder where you put those those emails where you're just like, give it 24 hours before you send it out. And, um, you know, I, I believe, you know, and just in the way that we run our company Little Space and in any of my work with National Day of Unplugging, why it's so aligned is because there is no judgment around it. I mean, it's not about anyone's particular behavior being the ideal behavior. It's, it's what works for you. Um, some people are vegan, some people keep kosher, you know, it's similar in this regard. Um, you know, I think there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of parallels with, with wellness overall. And, you know, people talk about this idea of tech wellness and mindful technology, and it's just about being aware. And this, and that applies, I think, to when you were talking about you with your daughter, it's, it's, yeah. it's about you exploring for yourself, um, what's balance, um, you know. Yeah, it's funny though. So the first thing that happened when, um, and I, you know, I wanted to show this other, um, this other, uh, I, I don't know if you would call it a game or a process, but time tokens. Oh yeah. Where the oh, we have to figure this, I have to figure this part out, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, how to how to um, help your kids understand, you know, that they get they do get screen time, but there are other things that have to happen as well. Right. Um, and that it can be a reward or it can also be something that they just have to do for other things. Um, you know, 
um, which, which I really like because with, with my daughter, I definitely more often than not am taking away some of the screens because she's doing that instead of other things that she's supposed to be doing or that mm -hmm. she told me she was doing. I mean, I have caught this kid and she's so smart how she does this, but you know, we'll say goodnight. She'll go to bed. And then um, like, you know, half hour later or whatever, I'll hear something and I'll go into her room and she's like under the covers with the iPad. Right. You know, um, so there's stuff like that happening. Um, right. On the other hand, I want her to have skills. Right. You know, right. and um, so, so there's also, and, and also I don't know the world that she's entering. Right. Um, but I know that she's going to need those skills, but at the same time, I don't want her to not have um, social skills that, are being cut off because of all this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's another great book, The Art of Screen Time, and I never pronounce her last name right. We were talking about names, right? Um, her mm -hmm. name is Anya Kaminence, I think, Kaminence. Um, and she took the analogy of, um, you know, what Michael Pollan has talked about with food. It's like eat, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. You know, yeah. that's kind of his. So her thing, you know, she said, enjoy screens, not too much, mostly together. So oh, interesting, right? Yeah, and it's this idea that, you know, and, and, and this would be the same with food with your daughter, right? Because if you found her, um, sorry, I'm just pulling my notes up. Um, if you found her under her covers eating because you had certain rules about eating and she was, and she was hiding it because she wanted to, I mean, that's, that's natural. We all push against the boundaries. There's certain yeah. ages and personalities that do it more than others. Um, but... I, to me, in terms of like kind of parenting and this and this, and I have two adult sons, so I didn't, um, young adult sons, and I didn't really have to navigate this as much. But yeah. um, I think it's just a general rule. I mean, I remember when my kids were starting, they were adolescents starting to, you know, go to parties and do those kind of teenager things. Um, and somebody said something to me once that was so important. It was, it, you're not going to be able to control their behavior when they're not in front of you. Um, but what you can do is give them the, um, the feeling that you are open for conversation, that you're not going to, you know, kind of cut their head off um, if they ask you a question or if they, you know, expose a part of themselves that maybe wasn't what you wanted them to do. Um, and then just make yourself available for questions. Um, and I think the same, the same is with this. It's like you are, you're establishing in your home this um, – these values of, of how you interact with technology and, and she'll look to you um, about how you interact, you know, with your technology and that's how she'll learn how to, you know, do what's right for her and she'll, and she'll probably do things differently. And, you know, the same way it is with anything that we're trying to teach our kids. I mean, we're going to have to figure all of this out kind of as a society, especially it's been forced on us right now in a whole new way. Right. Um, but I know she's yelled at me about getting off my phone and I've yelled at her about getting off of her devices. So it's really <laughs> interesting Yeah. When, you, when your life is, is uh, arguing all the time with your 10 year old. But um, some of the things that I thought were interesting that the book talks about too is like notifications Mm -hmm. saying no to notifications right um like when you're when i wake up the first thing i see are the notifications on my phone um and they're better at guiding me towards information than me deciding what apps to go into right um but the 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 book is kind of saying don't don't have stuff coming at you all the time like be more um mindful 
of the apps you're going to um, and things like that, right? Yeah, they, they, you know, the advice, you know, that Catherine gives and a lot of other people give as well is that, um, you know, only allow notifications for things that are centered around humans. Um, mm. So messaging, obviously, um, maybe even your calendar because it'll alert you so that you don't, you know, forget to meet somebody someplace or, or to get onto a Zoom call. Um, you know, I think the other notifications um, are just the tapping on the shoulder, you know, I'm still here, come, come interact with me. Um, and that should be your choice um, on, on your timing. Um, I know that Common Sense Media um, yeah, is, yeah, is a great a resource. Lot. Yeah, yeah, they're a great resource, and I believe if they don't have it, they probably do. But there's the American Pediatric Association has a kind of family plan, so that you could print it out, and it's an agreement that you could, you know, kind of make with your um, with your daughter. Right. And how we're how we're gonna, you know, like leave the phone for any meals and things like that. Um, yeah. You know, it's just so hard right now because right yes, now, yes. Um, because of long distance um, education and then also that there's nowhere for anyone to go. <laughs> right, right. It's harder. And this isn't, it's not going to be forever, but it, it, the next year of our lives are going to be impacted by this. And so we have to set up some rules. One of the things I was um, asking you about, and it's not exactly what all the great things that you're doing is about, but... Um, I've been using screen time management in the iOS um, situation mm -hmm. where you can actually go in and specifically tailor like how much time your kids are allowed to spend on each app and on the websites, but that gets tricky with school. Right. Because um, right. you're managing like, okay, if I cut off Chrome or Safari, you're not going to be able to do any of the homework that they gave you, you know? Yeah. And so there's some of that awkwardness. And then there's a, a solution called Meet Circle, which we were talking about, which I have not tried yet, and I, I need to get one um, to play with it and to let you guys know if, it, if it's a, a value. But I do have a couple of parent friends that use it, and it literally lets you go in there and see every single web page they go to and, you know, really track their behavior. Yeah. Um, now, I know that's important, but also who has the time to do that, you right. know? Um, and I don't know if in your world, have you guys talked about like at night looking and seeing what your kid does and should you, be, should you be seeing what they surf on and do? Um, I, I mean, if to me, it feels like if you do all the kind of preparatory work, which is having these conversations about what we value as a family and what spaces in our house are going to be tech free and what times of day are going to be tech free and and show by example kind of how you're interacting with technology, unless you, to me, it's unless you see some kind of um, behavior that you want to kind of get to the bottom of, I don't necessarily think it's necessary to be watching every, I mean, probably to check in, you know, once a week, just to, just like you would, you know, with anything else, just to make sure that you're not missing something. But um I think if, if you're having all these conversations on the surface, then I don't know that you need to do as much digging behind the scenes. I do think that, that it would be good to have something like Circle, um, especially if your daughter's 10 and then you're going to be moving into those years where it is going to be a lot yeah. more influence from other people. Yeah. Um, and there's so. a lot of, there's, and that's the other thing too, is the predators that are waiting for her. Mm-hmm. To, to get onto these platforms. And um, every time I get asked to, to speak on 
CNN or HLN or any of these shows, it's always because there's been some discovery of a new porn ring hiding in YouTube or <sighs> something horrible on TikTok where there are predators waiting for your kids or that Buzz, BuzzFeed story where um, a woman went undercover as like a 13-year-old. Oh, I didn't and, see that. Um, and how quickly she um, was basically cyber-stalked by all these, you know, <sighs> predators. And so there's all this, this whole world going on. So I, I do when she, you know, is away from her devices, I do look and see what has she been up to. And I even read her chatting. But, you know, that's going to get tougher or more important um, as they get older, right? Um, yeah. And I think it's similar to, you know, preparing yourself as a parent for your child to drive. You know, I mean, there's going to be steps, you know, you start becoming more conscious maybe around now, you know, when, when your kids are 10 or 11, they're watching me. I want to be driving responsibly because that they're going to eventually be a driver and then they have to go and take lessons and they have to get a permit. There's like all this preparatory work that happens. And so to me, something like Circle is you introducing something, you know, at a certain age that she'll know is just going to be along for the ride. Um, she's not going to like, for example, for me, if I had introduced that to my kids at like 14 or 15, they would have been a lot of pushback. But if we had always been doing it, if circle had been in the house since they, you know, they were oh, 10 that's or a great, 11. That's a great point. Then they're normal. Yeah. Then that's nor That's what their normal is. Yeah. And it's what, and it's what the expectation of, you know, this is what you have to do in order to have the privilege of driving. Um, or you have this privilege of um, using screens and technology because we are very lucky. I mean, that's another conversation to have with our kids. There are many people, many families across the country right now that sadly, when everything's gone on to distance learning, they weren't set up. Their homes didn't have the internet. They didn't have the technology. So the, um, the, 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 digital, the digital divide that we're always hearing about, which is an economic and cultural um, divide between having either connection in a very rural neighborhood or being able to afford any of these devices that we're talking about. Yeah. So there's, there's the conversation about just gratitude and, and the, um, the power of technology, being able to have sit down and have a conversation, even if it's, you know, a 15 minute conversation about, wow, did you know, you know, that, that, that not everyone has access to this and how lucky we are um, and how powerful this is. And, you know, just so that we can, uh, set the stage for the conversations that will come. I mean, I know for my kids, when they started driving, um, you know, they didn't have uh, Life 360, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, but the idea is that if you're going to be having a license and driving one of our cars, you will have Life 360 on your phone. Um, and that's just, an, that's just the way um, it is. I don't you know? actually know what that is. What Life, is that? Life 360 um, is uh, an application where you can see your family wherever they are. It's kind of, you know, some people call it uh, mild stalking. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But, you know, you're able to I love see. It. I yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good for us when our younger son went away to college. And so I wasn't constantly having to call him and just be like, are you home? You know, this way I was just saying, oh, he's at his apartment. He's okay. So, um, you could, so it, it's kind of like just location tracking. You, you see on a map where they are. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Apple does that with Find My Friends. Um, yeah. But if you have mixed devices, so for example, I have a Google Pixel phone and my other rest of my family has iPhones. So we use Life360. And we started okay. using it with our parents too. So like my dad, who's now 80 and 
uh, no, he's 79. Sorry, dad. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. And my husband's parents, you know, you just want to know people are safe and it's not, you know, you don't yeah. necessarily, uh, but anyway, the, the concept is just this idea that, um, you know, my kids knew that if we're going to pay for your cell phone, you're going to have this life 360 on it. And if you turn it off, we're going to call you. <laughs> so, you know, and we're not going to use it that often, but if for some reason you haven't called me in two days, you know, I'll know where you are. And I, right. and that, and that, that sat well with them. They were okay about it. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and like I said, we had been having these conversations over the years where there is this power of technology and the sense of privilege and, and gratitude for what you have and, and kind of the, obligation and accountability aspect of it that they just got to know. So that's why I think circle is such a great thing to set up in the early years with your kids, because then they won't even flinch. It'll just be, this is what it is. It'll, it'll be know. part of life. Yeah. Um, now, now let's talk a little bit about the national day of unplugging. Yeah. Um, which um, won't be a virtual conference like everything else. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but um, obviously this is an extension of the work that you've been doing in, in a lot of different ways. So tell us about what that's all about. Yeah, I've been partners with the National Day of Unplugging, you know, for a few years now. So the National Day of Unplugging was started by an organization called Reboot, um, which a, is a Jewish arts and culture um, organization, and they do in amazing programs. Uh, and one of the programs they did, they started in 2009, was this kind of series of um, Shabbat dinners. So Sabbath, you know, kind of taking a rest um, dinners um, with young professionals. I believe it started in the Bay Area and it was, you know, tech free. So uh, at the time, I don't know how many people were walking around with smartphones, but uh, it definitely was something that was intentionally tech free. Uh, they were way ahead of their time. And it just grew from there and it became super secular. And so they eventually were looking for a home for it. And the work I've been doing with Little Space was just a real great alignment. And so for this last National Day of Unplugging, we just, we just got under the wire. We were able to have live events the first weekend of March. Mm. Um, and it was thousands of people all uh, over the world, schools, businesses, churches, synagogues, mosques, doing kind of a uh, global break from technology. And it's never about, oh, you have to be unplugged for 24 hours, um, but it's a period of time from sundown to sundown, uh, the first weekend of March. That's what it's been historically. Um, and uh, we send out, if you sign up to be a host, we send out these cell phone sleeping bags, which I think were in, was in the kit that I sent you. Yeah. Um, and so uh, people get to, to pass those out to their guests at their events. And the events are anything from parties, phone-free parties. That's, uh, this, that's this guy, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it was, uh, it's like a little muslin bag that has the logo. Oh, yeah, it's inside of here. Yeah. yeah. I was going to yeah. take it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so that happened the first weekend of March. Um, we mailed out 18,000 of those cell phone sleeping bags to people that we got actually over 30,000 requests, but we weren't able, we ran out. Um, yeah, well, and yeah, it's, it's great. It's just a little bag that you can stick your phone in. And it just, again, it's about mindfulness. It's about being kind of taking that break. And, I, and you know, it's so funny. I looked at it and I kept it back in the bag because it was so nice. I didn't want to use it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that defeats the purpose of the, of well, the content. Yeah. I and I, yeah. And I think it's great because you can, you can be showing your daughter, you know, I'm going to put my phone in my bag now. And so maybe yeah. she'll find a spot that she can, um, 
you know, put it in. And actually the, the box that I sent you from Lil Space, we use that in our house. We repurposed it as a place to put your phones when you're having a, a dinner, you know, or you're oh, having a Oh, what a great a idea. So you, so you create, um, you, you create sort of rules and behaviors um, in, in, in your house that everyone has to follow. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, when you're living with other adults, it's not I'm not living with kids, but it's just it's more about um, like we did th Thanksgiving last year where there was 20 of us and I sent an email in advance and I said, I really want this, this meal to be screen free. And I'm going to have a box for you to put your phone in if you want to. If you don't want to, please keep it in your pocket. And people were respectful. I mean, you know, um, they didn't all love it. They didn't all like it. And like I said, with Lil Space and we do these unplug for a cause challenges, um, I had a friend recently that for the Passover Seder, she did an unplug for a cause challenge with her 30 Zoom guests. So she had all these guests and she said, uh, I want everybody to not touch their phones while we're on Zoom. Um, and, and we're going to use- And just be in, the, be in the moment of what we're doing. Yeah. And use the timer that we have with a little space to kind of mark the time. And then sh they donated uh, to LA Family Housing as a reward to say like we all un we all unplugged for 30 minutes and so now we're going to make this donation so it felt great um so in terms of getting back to national day of unplugging um yeah you know from here this next decade um i'm really grateful that the leadership at reboot felt confident in me to be able to take this into the next decade and, and beyond and we're going to be growing it to be you know more than one time a year and beyond kind of this uh, virtual uh, live experience um, it's helping people kind of bring it into their homes. Um, we're looking to do something in June, whether it's going to be in person or virtual, it'll be some way of kind of marking another period of time that we collectively across the globe will, you know, put, put devices down. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and I think, you know, we did recently because of this whole COVID thing, people wanted to continue the conversation that we started on the National Day of Unplugging the first weekend of March, and they wanted to keep it going. So we did four online gatherings, and you can find those on the National Day of Unplugging website. We recorded them, and there were conversations with just leaders and thought leaders. So Catherine Price, the, the author of that book, yep, yep. There's, there is a recording of her um, in conversation with a few teachers and pa young parents talking about talking plugged about in what parenting. Do, how to move through this. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm so curious, just because you are sitting at the center of all of this, that this recent time, this moment in time when screens are the only thing connecting us right now. Um, and we, you know, I have so many friends who talked about, can you imagine if this happened 10 years ago? Yeah. You know, I guess we'd just be calling each other. <laughs> yeah, or we'd be out in the street. Like, I don't know if you've watched, uh, there's that show Plot Against America, I think it's, mm. it's uh, anyway, it's a, it's a show, but it was, it's set in the 40s, like right at, right at the end of the 30s into the 40s. And by the way, the costumes and the set, everything's just amazing. But they show how after dinner time, people listened to the radio and then they went on the street and sat, stood on their front porches or... Right, um, and, inter and interacted, which is kind of the European thing is to sit outside in cafes. And in Europe, the cafe chairs are tilted that way out to the world. Whereas in the US, it's not like that at all because it's this more like you're just talking to who you're with. Right. So, right, th right. This, so we've lost that art of, you know, experiencing the world around us. And I think we're all going to rediscover it really quickly because I think we're all realizing what a necessity it is, you know, um, and it's almost like you have to lose something before you realize how important it is. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I read something in the New York Times. I don't remember who wrote it, but this idea that this period of time is almost like we're guzzling screens like alcohol and that we're mm -hmm. going to have a hangover and that we're going to feel this sense of just this drive and need to see each other in person, which yeah. I'm really It's, I'm it's really funny because, you know, uh, my actual day, like my during the day has not changed that much in the sense that I consulted from home right. and I was on Zoom a lot already but not not like now um and not i could go off and do other things right <laughs> and i would frequently get in my car to go to meetings or i would i would be out of town for a week every month for some event but um i remember reaching out a month ago or even six weeks ago to all both the moms um in my parent group at school and also just my girlfriend moms and saying, hey, let's set up a Zoom call, you know, so we could see each other. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> and now they're all, they've all gotten accounts. And my daughter's <laughs> like, I want to be, I want to be the leader. I'm changing my name. I'm using this <laughs> virtual background. Like, it's amazing to me how our culture has changed in just five weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. intensely. And so now this idea of unplugging seems to be like, well, I don't go to sleep without that phone next to me because... What if someone wants to get in touch with me? So one of the things in the book, um, you know, and it's sort of all, all over a lot of the culture of the un National Day of Unplugging is not putting, not charging the phone by your bed. That's a huge uh, one. Huge. And I don't have a phone anymore in the house, yeah. right? Like none of us have hard lines like we used to have. Yes. So if someone does want to get in touch with me in an emergency, it has to be through my mobile phone. And so that's why I'm always nervous about um, having it far away from me. Is there a way to think about this differently? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't have a landline either. Um, so I've done a couple of things. Um, one is it doesn't necessarily need to be so far away from you. You can turn right. on just the ringer, um, for your phone and, and take everything else off. So you don't hear a bunch of notifications, um, and just charge it across the room or in the bathroom or in the closet, just someplace where it's out of sight. Yeah. Cause it's, it's really amazing out of sight, out of mind, how the phone, if you're not looking at it, frees you, frees you from the tyranny. Yes, for, <laughs> for sure. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that that's probably the number one tip that you'll hear from these kind of life tech balance coaches. Um, is is not to charge your phone next and, year. And the, I'm sure Android does this too, but the iPhone does have a setting that you can put on it to only let certain phone numbers through. Yes, yes. Right, yes. so you can pick your like three or four emergency contacts that will always ring no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And then also the other thing I did is I got myself a flip phone. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just one of those kind of what they call dumb phones now instead of smartphones. Mm -hmm. um, and it and I would forward my calls at night um, to, to the, that to phone. Oh, and, and then I left it? that next to me. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. and is that working for you? Um, yeah. I mean, I haven't done it, obviously, so much this with this because, um, you know, we're we're it's funny. We're, we're kind of in more communication with people, at least I find than, um, you were than I was before. Um, yeah. So, um, but I, I agree with you. There is that sense of, um, you know, want, don't, not wanting to miss a phone call, an important phone call about, you know, whether yeah. it's an aging parent or. You yeah, know, yeah, like that, that was exactly my situation. I had an aging parent, and so I was always worried about that phone call. But, um, and you're, you're, you're right. We're talking to people now. Like I did a Zoom call with uh, three of my best friends from high school. Um, yeah. And we've never done that. 
Yeah. We're always like trying to talk by email or check texting. Oh, did this happen? This person did this, whatever. But we got on Zoom and we were like, this is actually great. Yeah. To yeah. see their faces I, and talk to them. And it's like, it took, it took this to yeah. figure that out. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I mean, the, the concept of unplugging, you're right. It isn't necessarily something that people want to talk about, but I think it's happening naturally where we're giving this hierarchy of, of how we use screens. So it's, you know, this idea that like us connecting face to face is of a, holler, a higher quality than us texting. And there's, there's a lot of research about this as well, but just the, the sense of what happens in your brain when you're texting someone versus when you're seeing them eye to eye versus right, when you the, see the them cognitive, in person. The cogn- and and let, let's talk about that for one moment. The book talks about this and it's in other articles too um, in your world about the dopamine that's released when yeah. you get like a text message or an email, it's like a little quick hit, a little snack, a little piece of crack or something. What, what is that? Like, why, why does that happen? Well, I'm not a scientist or a researcher, so I can't really elaborate too much, but I can tell you, you from just a play, personal experience. You play experience. one on TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, the, the, the truth is, is that, I mean, I look at it, again, bringing the analogy back to food. If I'm snacking all day and I'm just having a handful of nuts and a, you know, a couple of grapes and you know, I don't actually have a full meal, I don't feel satiated. I don't feel mm-hmm. satisfied. And I think that's the same thing that happens with, you know, kind of snacking all day long with these little, you know, hits of dopamine Thanks. that we're getting with texting or scrolling, um, all the things that we do on technology um, until we have, for me, until I have that real moment where I'm sitting down and having dinner with my family or getting to have, you know, drinks with a friend, that's where I get my real human connection hit. Um, it doesn't come from, even though my brain is telling me with the dopamine hit, you know, um, that this, and, and, that, yeah, yeah, you can get it over there, but what you're, you're overriding it to get, get it, make it w- realer. Yeah. And I think what, what the scientists and, and the people who write about this, like Catherine, the, the dopamine loops is where we get in trouble because if you're going and you're checking, um, you get this little hit of dopamine when you check your text and then, you know, I don't know on, on iPhone, I know they don't have it on Android, but there's those three little dots that kind of mm-hmm. hover there that somebody's texting you back. And, you know, it's like this, what's going to happen, this element of surprise. And that's mm-hmm. where the dopamine hit comes from. It's, it's, it's what's going to happen next. I don't know. Right. Right. Um, and, and you know, something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something I was going to tell you about that with your daughter, um, you know, it's where can we put these other things during this COVID situation? Where can we put these elements of surprise into our life in our physical life? So I have a friend named Claudia who runs another company like mine in, in San Diego. It's called Unplugged Village. And she does this thing called Fortnite Fridays. Um, yeah. She was doing it at Fant Farmers Markets Live, but now she's taking it online. Um, and she just encourages parents to create forts with their kids, the way we used to when. when oh we were yeah, younger. my kid loves forts. So build a fort. Build a fort, and then and then put something in it surprising every day. So kind of that sense of like the Easter egg hunt or the you know oh, Christmas morning idea. because. Because that will get that stimulation in the brain the way that, you know, that dopamine hit. It's like, what's going to be in there in the morning? And, and um, you know, whether it's a food snack or a, spe- a special book or a picture of someone. Um, and Claudia had a ton of ideas. She actually appeared on one of our National Day of Unplugging online gatherings, um, the same one that Catherine Price was on. So if you check that out, you'll see that. Um, and at the end, she spends 15 minutes in her fort. So she's in Zoom in the fort <laughs> telling us all these ideas. You can 
make the fort into a library and have checking out books and, and fill it up with books. You can create a spa day in the, in the fort. Um, anyway, I just think, you know, it kind of plays into this idea of the dopamine loop that we can kind of, we can trick it so that it doesn't have to be screens that are right. Satisfied. So we get, we get it from, from other places. Now there is a lot of good things that are, you know, we're bringing our kids and our family from the tech. So mm -hmm. none of your you know, your ambassadorship nor your company are advocating no tech. No, absolutely um, not. Right, because you understand there's value in all this. What you're just saying is that we have to kind of get it under control. Yeah, and be, like I said, be mindful about it. Uh, just like you, like you're mindful, hopefully, about your health and well-being in other regards. Um, this is another aspect to your health and well-being, how you're interacting with your mobile devices and technology in general. Um, you know, I, this... Uh, this company that I started and, and my work with the National Day of Unplugging, it's all really in honor of my mother who um, died in 2012. She was a therapist. Mm. Um, and just even before she was a therapist, she was just a, a person that was super curious about human behavior and relationships. And, and communication and relationships was of the highest value in my family growing up. Um, and so for me, when I started seeing the breakdown around 2014 to me, where I started seeing a lot of families with you know, kids on iPads while the parents were scrolling during dinner and doing answering email mm -hmm. during dinner. It, it broke my heart and I knew it would have broken my mom's heart. And so this is kind of what compels an me. An extension of that. Yeah. And, I, and I do remember, you know, um, you know, I had my daughter when I was older. Uh, now it's normal, but, you know, having a kid older where um, my husband and I at the time wanted to go to dinner. And so she was three at the time or something. So we were so grateful for the iPad mm -hmm. because we were able to have an adult dinner. Right. Still be with our kid. Um, but she was quiet. And, you know, and I always told myself, well, she's learning something. But because um, it was always, you know, educational apps. Right. Um, but what I created was this like assumption and this, I think, bad habit of every time we go out, there's an expectation of a screen. Right. And right. I've had to break that, you right. know, right. and be like, no, you're going to participate in the art of conversation. Right, and right. She, and she doesn't know what that is. <laughs> you know, she always wants to be watching something. And so I feel regretful about that. I mean, I have to figure it out. And I don't think it's atypical either, but, um, no. you know, um, this is something that new parents can probably be on a little bit more cautious about. Yeah. And that's part of what, what I feel like compels me as well is this idea that you're not alone in that at all. And that's, that's what I really motivates me to keep doing all of this work is that I want people to know that they're not alone in this conversation. They're not alone in these behaviors. Um, and they can, you know, learn from each other um, and support each other to make changes. And I, and I do think that, you know, as we said in the beginning of, of this interview that, you know, we want to have these conversations. You can very easily say to your daughter, you know, that's how we did it before. Um, but we want to change it and do it differently. So, um, right. And um, what was I going to say about, um, oh my God, the thought just totally left my brain, but <laughs> you're not <laughs> alone in that either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm telling you the days just spill into each other. Oh, what I, what I was going to say is, um, you know, so now we're in this, this moment, are you, um, you know, do people go online to learn more about um, on the National Day of Unplugging? Um, because if you're sending them online, aren't you sort of going against the very idea? Like, how do you manage that? 
Yeah. Are you, are you going back to older forms of communication? No, um, not really. Because, you know, we are in this, this time, this day and age, um, and we're definitely not, um, you know, somebody that, that thinks that technology, I love technology, actually. My dad was a, an electrical engineer. <clears throat> we had some of the first mobile technology when I was in high school. Um, <clears throat> and I think it's not, again, it's not about vilifying technology. It's about learning how to live with it so it serves us and it improves our health and well-being and it, it, it enhances our relationships. Um, you know, we just want to elevate human connection over digital engagement. That's, that's all it is. And so bringing you to a website where you're going to learn some different ways of, um, you know, interacting with each other and interacting with technology, that's good. Um, and so we want to drive you there and then let you peruse and then you go off and live in the real, real world. <laughs> where, so where can people mer learn more about um, little, little um, places and also um, um, National Day of Unplugging? So Little Space, our website is getlilspace.com. That's also our, our handle on social media, which again is ironic, but we are on social media. <laughs> um, so get Little Space, um, G-E-T-L-I-L-S-P-A-C-E. And then <clears throat> uh, for National Day of Unplugging, it's just nationaldayofunplugging.com. Um, and like I said, it's great to, to check out those online gatherings on the National Day of Unplugging website. And, so on, and on your site, we can get, um, again, my new un unboxing show, but um, yeah. we can get um, this really great box of a lot of resources. And I really, I do love, we haven't done the, um, the you know, the game yet of um, giving the time tokens, but, but I love this idea of um, green screen gone bad, but I love, I love this idea of uh, rewarding behavior, right? Yeah, and that's and, not my company, by the way. That, right, that right. I was but just trying selected, that out. You've selected some really fun solutions for people to play with, including the book that we were talking about and, yes. and other things like that. And are there other, um, just last notes, are there other resources that you would recommend for, you know, people and families who want to unplug, um, you know, ways to hack away at all of this in a, in a, a, you know, in a way that's livable for everybody? Yeah, a couple of things. Well, I mentioned Common Sense Media. Obviously, that's a, it's a huge resource for parents and teachers. Um, and then another book that I love to recommend um, is uh, Tiffany Schlain. She wrote the book 24-6, The Power of Unplugging One Day a Week. She started 10 years ago um, taking a tech Shabbat from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. It wasn't religious mm -hmm. for her family. It was just they wanted to do that. And so now her daughters are um, 17 and or 18 they're anyway they're teenagers um, and they love it and they look forward to it their whole family looks forward to it so she wrote a whole book about that experience I would highly recommend that because um, oh 20 it's called 24 6 24 6 the power what, of unplugging. what a great idea and again to your point doing it early and making it part of life so that it's not a weird thing to them yes, um, yes. you know because um, I think I still have time you do the 10 year old <laughs> <laughs> you do. And, and, and what a great message to show that like we, we ebb and flow, we change, we're fluid, we're not set in stone. So the idea right. that I gave you an iPad when you were three years old, things are, I learned something new now and I'm sharing it with you. And so now, yeah. gonna, you know. I mean, I was also very worried that she wasn't learning physical skills like cutting paper and working with blocks because everything was 2D. Right. Um, on that device. But um you know, but you, and, and you do want your kids, I mean, coding is the future of employment. Um, and it is really important for us to give our kids skills and to let them participate um, in some of these um, environments and games and things that all of their friends are 
participating in, but it just needs to be managed and thoughtful, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like food. I love food, but too much is gives me a stomach ache. And you spelt, so you're handling it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I had to talk in one Yiddish word. All right. Well, we've been <laughs> talking to Kim Cavalia, who, again, founder of um, Little Little Spaces. Little Space. Yeah. Kim Cavallo, Little, Little Space. Space. Yeah. Little Space. And um, I told you I was going to botch something in the naming area. <laughs> and the National Day of Unplugging, an ambassador there. And a great resource for, you know, sort of operationalizing how to manage screen time and device time in your life for your own spiritual health. And also I think it makes you probably a better business person too, right? Because you're more focused and you're placing more value and more concentration into the screen time when you have it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Being oh. more effective and, and balance is just good all around. Balance is really good. No, you seem your energy is really balanced, um, you know, as opposed to having purple coming in and out. <laughs> <laughs> of yourself. Well, this is Lori H. Schwartz, your tech tech cat coming at you. Um, we are, uh, I guess, five weeks now or four weeks into stay at home and um, some rebranding for you guys to enjoy and um, looking at really important topics, talking tech with the best, um, having a wonderful conversation with Kim Cavalia. Um, please check out um, everything that she's up to and we will come back to you in a couple weeks with another great show and more great thought leaders. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks, Kim. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Cat Show. Please join Lori H. Schwartz again for another great program next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel and syndicated to the Voice America Women's Channel. 